0: How is IOSCO driving a global ESG agenda for securities markets? Hi, I'm Justin Pugsley, editor of Global Risk Regulator, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast series on financial regulation. For more information about GRR, please visit www.globalriskregulator.com. This discussion focuses on environmental, social and corporate governance, or ESG, which is undoubtedly going to remain one of the most high profile topics impacting policy and financial regulation for years to come. As such, the International Organization of Securities Commissions, or IOSCO, is playing its part in helping the securities markets get up to speed with ESG. And given this is still a very nascent area, there are a plethora of challenges around issues such as disclosures and data quality to meet if the ESG agenda is to deliver on its promises of a sustainable economy and sustainable finance. In this podcast, I am delighted to welcome Paul Andrews, the Secretary General of IOSCO, to discuss their work on ESG, their plans, some of the challenges securities markets face in this area, how to avoid too much fragmentation between national ESG regimes, and stamping out the practice of greenwashing. Hi, Paul. Can you please describe IOSCO's work around ESG, the organization's role in this area and what you're seeking to achieve and also how do those initiatives dovetail with the FSB led climate related financial disclosures or TCFD which aims to get firms to disclose their climate risks to investors and lenders
1: well thanks uh, very much Justin for the opportunity to to, to be with you uh, today and 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 that's a that's a very, very uh, uh, fulsome question, and I, and, I, and I would very much like to give you uh, as fulsome an answer as I possibly can. So I, I, I think the best place for me to start is with the um, report that IOSCO published earlier this year in April yes. from our uh, Sustainable Finance Network, which was really our first major attempt to take a look at some of these uh, issues around ESG and, 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 and what that report did for us, was it really? It outlined uh, three key takeaways. I think that that we identified at IOSCO where we think some improvements need to be made, and 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 none of this will come as any surprise to you, I don't think. So okay. the first area is 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 the fact that we see multiple and diverse sustainability frameworks and standards from uh, various different places around the world. That 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 was the first. Uh, takeaway. The second one was really the lack of a common definition of what sustainable activities even are. And so that varies uh, greatly as well. And then finally, for us, and particularly important was uh, the issue around greenwashing and and what I would call other investor protection challenges. So so these are um, uh, the findings, I would say, of this report. But, okay. but they also relate in many ways to concerns that have been raised by by other people uh, around the world around particularly around things like reliability and comparability of of, of, of issuers uh, disclosures around sustainability that are, that are being made at, at the global level and and we also see and, and I'm sure you're aware of the proliferation and and most times, through voluntary uh, frameworks and standards for sustainability reporting. Yeah. And that creates an incredible challenge to both uh, uh, those that prepare financial statements, but frankly, the users of those corporate reports and those disclosures, including, uh, including investors. Well, and well, I, I can continue on and go and, and give you much more detail, but, but that's sort of where we started was from this April report yeah well, we're
0: going to certainly delve into some of those 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 factors um, uh, shortly. Um, I mean in in your view, I mean what specific what specific role do you think securities regulators have to play in driving ESG agenda in capital markets?
1: Well, I think we both well, w- where we have to start, uh, what I would say is that both from a regulatory point of view, supervisory point of view, and frankly, from a market market participant point of view, that th- these types of climate-related issues and sustainability impacts—I would maybe broaden it out to that—are yeah. are material uh, to to companies, businesses, and frankly, and, and and how they create value. And so, I think what we're seeing is a growing number of of companies and and investors are. Are starting to adapt their businesses and uh, investment strategies. Clearly, uh, at least among some some major market participants, are really aligning with uh, going down a path of of trying to create a net zero carbon emission uh, impact in the in in the not too distant future. So, I guess it's it's becoming more universally accepted yeah. that. The failure to integrate ESG or, uh, as we call it, and and, and as you well know, environmental, social and governance factors into investment decisions really is potentially creating a a failure, frankly, to meet fiduciary duties to clients and to to beneficiaries more generally. Now, that's that's on on the market participant side who have fiduciary duties. And as you know, Mark Carney uh, from the former uh, head of the Bank of England and now a special envoy to uh, to the United Nations has has made it clear. And it's, it's something we've adopted as well in our parlance about trying to come up with what we call decision useful information on sustainability factors um, from the corporate sector. And that's one of the roles that I think we can play. In this debate, particularly um, as you look at our core objectives, and IASCO has three core objectives, which is, which are, I should say, investor protection, maintaining fair, efficient, and transparent markets, and reducing systemic risk. And so, as we look around uh, at sustainability issues in general, and and particularly climate-related issues, these raise important questions for these 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 Absolutely. core objectives. Um, and I will just say lastly to your question here is that I think we and and we've said this publicly that IOSCO really has a role to play uh, in creating what I think is what uh, I would call an, a, 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 a disclosure or a, a, a systems architecture for disclosure that we're, we're uniquely positioned here uh, as an organization, just like we were 20 years ago when we uh, came out and endorsed and set up the basis for the IFRS foundation for for what we know today for financial disclosures. And we think we're in a similar position to do something like that here when it comes to issues around sustainability.
0: That was very, very interesting. Look, let's dig dig a bit more into some of the issues you raised maybe earlier on in the discussion. Um, this is one you did mention. So there's there's been a, there's, there's a rush. Uh, to roll out ESG-related rules and guidance, which is creating a fragmentation of standards across the world. Could you maybe pick out some of the more worrying divergences in standards and sort of kind of negative impacts this is having on the global ESG agenda?
1: Well, I would say that um, uh, we, we share this concern around the p- proliferation of uh, uh, of various different disclosures, and as I mentioned before, I mean there, many of these are voluntary, and and it gives rise to questions about reliability, comparability, and quality. I mean that I, I really can't say it any more. Uh, I would say simply uh, more simply, more simply than that. And of course, as I mentioned before, it gives it gives it gives rise to uh, not confusion necessarily, but challenges. That's probably yeah. a better way to put it both um those that uh, you know use the reports and the preparers of the reports so so for um uh investors in particular i think uh where where we get where we get really concerned is around the fragmentation uh about the reporting landscape uh yeah. here because it leads to what i think is incomplete and inconsistent information that really can't be compared across companies or industries or jurisdictions for that matter and that really undermines one of the core objectives that I talked about earlier, which is around, you know, asset pricing, which is really what risk management and capital allocation is, 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 is really all about. Yeah. And if you think about the purpose of, of, of markets and global markets in particular, they're expected to price risks and opportunities. And that's why we need what I would call high quality, complete, yeah comparable and verifiable disclosures. Um, And because capital markets are global in nature, they serve a global investment community and they operate across borders, we've we've got to come up with a system that works for everybody. And we've got to avoid fragmentation and find a solution that's scalable and can operate internationally. And that's where I think we can um, uh, play a role. And I think those are some of the problems that we're seeing in the pro- proliferation of many of these uh, uh, various different standards that are out there today.
0: Right, okay, well, thanks, Paul. Well, okay, in your view, um, how bad is the problem of greenwashing? This gets get, this gets a lot of discussion. Um, and what kind of common standards and labeling do you think are needed to stamp out this activity? So at least it's, you know, the, the, these green products are, are more honest, people can compare them more easily and so on.
1: Yeah, this is an issue. There's no, no doubt in my mind that this is an issue. And it's one that's been highlighted by by regulators in particular around the world. It's been highlighted by IOSCO. It's been it's been highlighted yep. by market participants. And and I would say that part of the problem really goes back to your your, your very first question, which is given the fact that we have this multiplicity of, of, of voluntary frameworks. I mean there is a there is a real risk of confusion for investors about existing terminology for example or the lack of a uniform uh, i know it's a common word today but but it's true a uniform taxonomy for what yeah. what is this a sustainable activity which i think just just aggravates the problem and i think it it leads to to market participants it leads to issuers you know, cherry picking standards and initiatives that really yeah. are uh, uh, best suited for, for their for their own purpose. So I would say the other thing that we're worried about here around greenwashing and other investor protection issues is the lack of assurance and how investors can be assured that they're not being misled when it comes to what is, what is considered to be a green practice or a sustainable practice of a of a company so if i could just give you the, the the second half of the answer which is then really around um the availability and transparency and the quality of good data i mean when you come right down to it it's really about getting good data and the integrity of the data and the integrity of the reporting framework which which really matters and then how does that company or that firm fit into that reporting framework. And I think <clears throat> all of that, unless we get it right, and I think IOSCO can help play a role here, I do think you'll see uh, a lack of investor confidence in yeah. sustainable uh, uh, and sustainability-related reporting and I think, uh, uh, and, and, and in sustainable investing, uh, I would say uh, more generally. But I will tell you on the, on the positive side that IOSCO has a work stream that is looking at this very issue. Um, and, and, and that I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased about. I mean, we're in sort of what I would call a data collection phase. And we have a lot of analysis to do. We still are collecting information about um, what securities regulators are doing in this area. Yeah. But it's at the heart of Iasco's uh, core mission to help protect investors, and I think when we have more to say, I'd love to talk to you again because I think that uh, That'd be great. greenwashing is is one of those crucial things that we have to be extremely mindful of and uh, be on the lookout for.
0: Yeah, no, no, indeed. Okay, may, maybe we can dig a bit bit deeper into to the work you're doing in this area. So um, I know you're looking at uh, an initiative to harmonize the various ESG standards by identifying commonalities on other regimes and so on that are out there. Can you explain where some of those commonalities lie from what you found so far and what difference it would make if they can be standardized in some way and will it be enough in your view to make a substantial impact on ESG aims globally?
1: Well, I would say uh, at the outset justin it, if done right, I think there's a chance to do something very significant here yeah. and I say that because uh, and and I think as you well know, and as you as, as your question really uh, implies uh, it, and and it was only in September I mean we're in November now, but it was only in September when this alliance of of global uh, leading standard setter setters came together and made a public announcement about their commitment to work together to come up with a comprehensive corporate global reporting system. And yeah. what they're doing, and we've been talking to them, I would say, uh, fairly uh, often and in significant in a, in a significant way, is, is they're doing the hard work. I mean, they're examining how their frameworks and standards can be applied in a complementary and additive way so that yeah. they're, 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 there's no longer... Let's call it competition here, but really more uh, a collaborative process, and I think what that demonstrates to me at least is that there really is an ambition for a better and more comparable uh, set of ESG disclosures that is being driven by the market yeah. um, now it, 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 it's incumbent upon us as regulators to engage in this discussion and to and to safeguard the public interest so that that, that, that we ensure that uh, any future disclosure system is is accurate and timely and and fit for purpose. So that's what's happening on the one side. On the other side, then you've seen the IFRS uh, uh, Foundation has come out with a a consultation paper <coughs> that is open until the end of the year. That's uh, looking about what role it could play in this area in terms of setting standards for uh, sustainability and 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 what is nice is that um there is a framework already set up under the IFRS foundation and and so what we've seen is the CEOs of the of the five standard setting bodies are having conversations with the IFRS uh, uh, uh foundation about how they can work together to come up with a a system architecture or a system framework that would be uh, uh, useful would be uni- not universal, but more global. Yeah. And uh, you may have also seen that the, those CEOs wrote to Eric Thedeen, who is uh, one of the members of the IASCO board that's leading up all of this sustainability work for us. And um, Eric responded to that open letter with an open letter uh, response uh, of of his own, which is now in 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 the in the public domain. And while these initiatives are operating, I would say, in parallel at the moment, we do expect them to come together. And I think that um, what we're we're aiming for is is playing a catalyst role to try to bring these initiatives together, which would meet, I would say, the market's need for greater transparency uh, of of, of, of sustainability-related risks and where the opportunities are, but also at the same time, bring together a governance structure that we think would then serve the public interest. And if we can help play that role at IOSCO, we will have achieved something, I think, very, very significant. Well, no, no, indeed, we're hopeful.
0: Yeah, indeed. Well, we can go into that a little bit more in a, in a minute. Uh, but before we get there, just just, um, there's another, I think, really important question Um that, that that I want to ask you, which is, you know, ASCO has talked about coming up with a set of ESG disclosure standards that are principle-based, yet granular enough to be meaningful. And I think this is probably quite crucial. I mean, how will you find the right balance between coming up with principles that are not too broad-based and therefore potentially ineffective or too granular, which might undermine global adoption? So how are you going to sort of balance those two, to divergent factors as it were?
1: Well, I think at the outset, it's probably important to to point out that I, I don't think at this stage IOSCO will come up with, it, with, with its own set of ESG disclosure okay. standards, but really what we'll do is work with the other standard setting bodies in, in the sustainability side, along with the IFRS foundation. And, and one of the things that we've seen and we think is coming actually quite soon is a a prototype uh, of of, of a climate reporting framework that's actually going to be ready uh, quite soon, which I think does go to the heart of your question, which is really a, uh, well, it's not only a a, a tangible demonstration of the commitment that these bodies are making to come up with a system that works, but I think what it will also do is show that there is a way to come up with something that, that strikes the right balance. The Goldilocks moment, if I could sort of say it that way, between high level enough that's applicable, that's applicable, I would say globally, but, but also comprehensive enough and granular enough that delivers a set, a set of metrics and, and disclosures that would be structured very similarly to the way the IFRS uh, is today. And I think keeping these sort of basic principles in mind are going to be important because it's all about presentation. It's about recognition. It's about measurement and it's about disclosure. And we think we think we can we think we can get there Um, and it's not going to be easy. And I think we have to be mindful of sectors that are different from each other. And there have to be a recognition. There has to be a recognition of that. And so what would be an appropriate Uh, uh, climate disclosure standard around sustainability in the automobile industry may be quite different than what it would be in the clothing industry, for example. So I think we have to be mindful of that and not be uh, 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 so uh, broad-based that everything applies to everybody. So we we have to keep all of that in mind as we're coming through uh, these sets of processes and procedures. And 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 I think we're going to um, uh, really put our mind to it and, and, and working together with these other bodies, I think we'll have something that will uh, be fruitful uh, in the not too distant future. And I'm really hopeful here. I really am.
0: No, well, it, it it sounds very exciting. Um, so I, mean, I think I think we'll all be looking out for that. Um, I mean, it's clearly important work. Um, okay, now just going to maybe a slightly different aspect of of um, reporting and measurement and so on. Uh, can you give some thoughts about? ESG ratings and the methodologies that will drive them. and What are, in your view, the important factors here around creating meaningful ESG ratings that will be useful to global investors and lenders?
1: Well, it's interesting you ask that, I would say, Justin, because it's also one of the areas that we identified in the April report that I mentioned uh, uh, at the outset, and particularly around the growing role that... um, that ESG ratings are playing in, 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 in risk management and investment strategies, and, and frankly, the, the, the growing use now of, of market indices, which are yeah. based on, uh, on these ratings. And, 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 and we too have set up a work stream in this area, um, which is led, uh, I'm glad to say, by our colleagues from Japan and our colleagues from, uh, from ESMA, which are in the early days, you know, I'll be frank with you about that. We're in the early days and, and, and what they're really doing is exploring the, the, the potential risks that are arising um, when it comes to uh, ESG ratings. And there are many, I would say, that uh, we, 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 need to be, we need to be concerned about, but, but, but particularly around what the implications are of ESG ratings for companies and investors and the And the dispersion, frankly of of ratings and scores that people are coming up with, the lack of transparency around methodologies that are used, and uh, how these companies and data providers frankly uh, for, uh, address uh, conflicts of interest. These are some of the yeah. issues that we're looking at. And I think uh, in the first instance, we're gathering some data and some information, and we're talking to uh, data providers. We're talking to credit rating agencies, and it's really we're, we're on what I would call a fact-finding mission, you know, at the moment. Yeah. And what we'll what we'll do is um, have some roundtables, and and we're right now we're targeting five different roundtables using uh, uh, public users, uh, 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 issuers, academia, you know, trying to spread the the wealth quite wide and large so that we can. Uh, gather sufficient information, and then what we'll do is we'll put together a consultation paper and then uh, setting out what we found. And then once we get some responses to that consultation paper, we will uh, issue a final report and and give our view of what we think is appropriate when it comes to ratings and data providers and potentially develop uh, guidance or best practices or recommendations. It depends. I mean, I think it all depends on what we find. But we we think this is an extremely important um, area, and that's why we created a special work stream just for it, because of the the impact that it's going to play, uh, and is playing already, I would say. Well,
0: we'll certainly be looking out for for, for that report and and the consultation as well, as I'm sure a lot of other people will be. Um, Okay, so i know you for this next question i know you've, you you've addressed it a little bit already but maybe can go into a little bit more detail now as you know esg covers a very wide spectrum of activities just you know just in the sphere of fin- financial reporting and so on so can you describe how you are working with other organizations such as the ifrs foundation or when the climate disclosure standards board to formulate a set of principles that will apply seamlessly with these other ESG initiatives. I guess, I guess what I'm tr- trying to say is here, how do you avoid kind of stepping on each other's toes, but at the same time come up with something that is usable in the different dimensions that that your work, that your different work streams are aimed at?
1: Well, you're right. I mean, it, it, it is important that we avoid stepping on each other's toes. And to me, one of the best things that's happened has been the, the, uh, the, the, the public commitment, frankly, of the five largest uh, uh, sustainability standards uh, setting boards, including SASB in the US and IIRC and TPD yeah. and, and, and others who, who, who themselves have said, you know what, for the greater good, we need to figure out a way forward together. Because if we don't, it's the world that suffers, and that's not a good thing. And so the role that I think and, and how we can play is I think we can be a convener. I think we, we can be an encourager. And I think ultimately, uh, if, if we can get to this point, I mean, we can be an endorser. And I think that's really the, the major role that IOSCO can play, uh, given the fact that these these private uh, bodies have come together, along with, frankly, the IFRS Foundation, who is also expressed its willingness to work together collectively for the collective good. And 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 I would say that we have conversations with the, with these various different bodies. There's a uh, a steering group that comes together and and and, and meets and discusses the, the the path forward. The IFRS Trustees are involved in many respects, and, and the Foundation generally, I would say. And so what we, what we try to do is talk to all the players uh, yeah. and get a sense of where they are. And to the extent that we can nudge people in a particular direction, I mean, I think that's a role that is something we can play. Uh, and I think that's an important role. And I think the reason for that is to avoid exactly what you said at the very beginning, which is how do we avoid stepping on each other's toes and coming up with something that actually works? That's yeah. not overlapping or underlapping, you know. Frankly, for that matter, um, and that's what we have to be uh, very, very careful about. And so I think in 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 being transparent, talking to each other, I think we're we're moving uh, very much in the right direction. And I'm I remain very hopeful. I really do. I remain very hopeful that we're well, going to get to a point where things are going to um, come together quite nicely.
0: Well, that, that's good to hear. Okay, so. Paul, can you give maybe a timeline as to when you'll publish your ESG guidelines and the various milestones or deadlines that you know that are needed, sort of leading up to publication?
1: Well, I mean, um, I can, and 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 I'll do my best. Of course, everything depends upon uh, things going smoothly and uh, sure. uh, getting responses and. We don't have another COVID uh, situation, you know, but Indeed, yes. I can, what what our current timeline is and, and both for the work stream that I mentioned that dealing with issues around greenwashing and yes, asset management uh, arena and how they use ratings and things of that nature. That is what we call work stream two. And then work stream three is the one that we just talked about a moment ago around ratings and, and data yep. providers. And frankly, we're expecting, have consultation papers ready for next summer. Uh, okay. So mid, I would say mid 2021 or thereabouts summertime. And our expectation is that we will have final reports done in both of those areas in the fourth quarter uh, of next year. Um, so uh, the only caveat I guess I would give you there, Justin, is that as I mentioned, we're in sort of the data collection phase we have still some more data to collect. We have some analysis to do. But we think that uh, mid next year for consultation and end next year for final reports is 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 ambitious, but very, very doable. And that's what we're aiming for.
0: OK, that's fantastic. OK, well, I mean, those are all the questions from me. Um, I mean, are there any other points you would like to raise regarding IOSCO's work on ESG factors?
1: Well. Um, if, if, if you don't mind, maybe what I would do um, is I, I guess I would, I would maybe raise what I consider to be three key messages from IOSCO. I think we've talked about the general nature of everything that we're doing, but I would like to maybe stress just three um, uh, 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 relatively short points, if, if, if you don't mind. Yes, please uh, go ahead. And, and, and the first is really, and I know it's obvious, but it bears repeating that I mean, capital markets are global in nature, and 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 they serve an a, an investor community that that operates cross borders. So these issues around sustainability and the challenges around sustainability are also global, and I think they can only be addressed if we if we work together and and they're done in a, in a concerted way. And I think because global markets are expected to price risk. Uh, appropriately, price opportunity appropriately. What we really need is, is, and the time has come, I think, for high quality, complete, timely, comparable, and verifiable disclosures when it comes to sustainability. Yeah. So that's the first message. The second message is that, in our view, I think it's fair to say that IOSCO is of the, of the opinion that any any global solution has to do two things. It has to meet the market's need for greater transparency uh, 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 around the materiality of sustainability-related risks and opportunities. And on the other hand, it has to operate with a governance model that serves the public interest. It can't be one or the other. It has to be both. And then the third uh, message I guess I would just like to leave you with is that we stand ready. We're we are already engaged and we will continue to engage with the current initiatives that are underway by the by the alliance of this uh, of these various standard setting bodies with the IFRS. And our hope is that together we're, we will come up with the foundation for uh, a system and what we call an architecture or a system architecture maybe is a better way to put it that will give both assurance on the content of these types of disclosures, but also around governance, because right. these are all important aspects. And if we can accomplish those three things going forward, we will actually have achieved something. And that's where we're spending our time, and that's where we're focused, and that's where I remain hopeful for the future. So I hope I hope that was helpful. I. I uh, uh, I hope I didn't overstate uh, the case, but I wanted to at least give you as fulsome a picture from IOSCO as I possibly could, and I hope this was helpful for you. Uh,
0: no, Paul, I think that was fantastic, and I, and I think um, a lot of listeners will will be very interested in w- what you what you've been saying. So, um, you know, thank thank you so much for um, agreeing to participate. Um, and to conclude. I'd like to thank Paul for taking part in Global Risk Regulators Regulatory Podcast Series. And if you'd like to listen to more financial regulatory podcasts, please visit www.globalriskregulator.com. And you can also subscribe to our podcasts via ACAST, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. And finally, I'd like to wish everyone listening to stay safe and well. Thank you.